Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Water Trio Astrology Podcast. I'm here with my dear friends and colleagues, Cassandra and Alicia, and we are here to bring you some astro insights for the two-week period starting uh, Monday, June 22nd and running through until Sunday, July 5th. So we have another eclipse in this time frame, but we also have a lot of planets changing signs or changing directions. So this is going to be quite a jam-packed episode. Uh, I think we're going to dive right in and our first astro cab off the rank is going to be Venus Station Direct. Venus is finally ending her retrograde, thank goodness, on Thursday the 25th of June and she will be at five degrees of Gemini when she ends that retrograde. How, what are you girls thinking about this? I mean, you're excited, right? Yes. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Although with Mercury retrograde, I don't know, I'm thinking it's a bit like Hansel and Gretel who've been taken into the dark forest and they've gone into that inner place. But, you know, with Mercury still retrograde, it's like we're not out of the woods yet. You know, we're still following the white pebbles that we left behind before coming back out into the world. But it's still like we're not quite there yet. I don't feel like until, yeah, Mercury kind of goes direct that this will get its mojo on. I don't know about you guys, but there's still such an inward feeling with these two personal planets. Um, well, with with Mercury still retrograde and Venus station that we won't really have the clarity of what we were diving inside to understand and work out what our inner, inner desires were and how this will play out in relationships. I just feel like it's a very tentative energy. And in Gemini, there's kind of this, okay, let's just get curious about what the inner dwellings have revealed and let's get curious in connecting with others and and using our words and communicating with them to understand and hear what they have to reveal as well and kind of coming from that place of curiosity rather than expectation and being able to listen you know Gemini's a a common sign you know it's it's a dual sign so there's the idea of okay you know Communication is two ways, so you need to be able to listen as well as speak. So, yeah, I just get this sense of um, following not the breadcrumbs but the pebbles back out of the forest to get an understanding of where you've been and and what you've been digging into. What about you guys? Cass? Well, I'm personally a little bit excited for this uh, Venus Station Direct. I mean... It's like, you know, using your analogy around, you know, going into the woods. It's not like Venus is totally out of the woods yet, but, you know, I think there's something, you know, we see this with all of Venus retrogrades when she stations direct. There is a certain empowerment, you know, of coming back to Venus. You know, she's now a morning star. She's um, direct. She's, you know, still perhaps like got her mind on the past or she's still sensitive to the emotional landscape that she's kind of emerging from or still looking towards. But I don't know if it's necessarily enough to hold her back from where she wants to go or what she's doing. Like, and I think this is, you know, another step forward in the whole Venus retrograde uh, phase. Obviously, there's still conversations to be had. There's still details to be sorted out and and feelings to perhaps continue to um you know, discuss or process or mull through and, you know, feelings that will obviously change with cancer. But I think for Venus in herself, like, you know, she's pretty happy right now, I think. You know, there is that sense of 
um, you know, that we've said it before, I think in previous podcasts, you know, she's not the fair maiden going into the underground anymore. She's coming out a bit Xena warrior princess-like and, you know, I think she's, you know, whatever negotiations are continuing, whatever feelings are still, you know, being churned through, it's like, you know, she's empowered and inspired and, you know, has a deeper sense of her values and her worth and, you know, what she's prepared to negotiate on and what she's not. And, um, yeah, that's, you know, the, the morning star influence with Venus, I think is, is definitely about that. Um, you know, maybe a little bit less willing to compromise, you know, of course. And, uh, but also having a little bit of the gentleness of the cancer, you know, the awareness of, you know, emotions, but not enough to at least hold her back. So, I'm kind of excited. What about you, Kelly? Oh, yeah, I think I'm excited too. Um, Honouring what you're saying, Leish, about the ruler of Venus still being retro itself. But I, I do think with Venus ending the retrograde, she is, you know, she's renewed after her conjunction from the sun, which happened on June 3. And she really has started, you know, a new journey in her in her visual cycle. This is the beginning of a 19-month project or an adventure She's now quite brightly visible in the morning sky before um, sunrise. And, yeah, Cass, as you were saying, morning star Venus is is quite fiercely independent in many ways. So she's quite ready to – there's no movement from Venus this week. I mean, I think that's the important thing is she technically is stationing direct, but she's kind of sitting at her station degree for a little while. But her perspective, she's now, right, I'm in a different part of the sky. There's a different vista from here. What do I need to learn or share or how do I want to connect from this place? Um, So I do think there's a lot that she probably has to say, even if it might take her a little while to say it. Um, And really the the month ahead, because it'll take her till almost the end of July to get out of her shadow period, is is in many ways the the reconnection or the the returning from the invisibility and the retrograde period. So I think she's ready to to bring us some fresh points of view. And I think there might be some ideas that start to come together or some connections that might feel like they're beginning to coalesce a little bit. So I, I think it's significant and I think we'll see more of what she has to offer in the days and weeks as she, you know, moving forward as she gets moving um but it's definitely yeah I mean I would throw a party I think Cass you mentioned at the end of our last show that you are going to be teaching on this day and I think that's a lovely way to kind of celebrate Venus well I do anticipate to have a party it will be my birthday Oh my God, of course, it is your birthday. Yeah, 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 the day after. Yeah. On the 26th. So, yeah, so of course having a uh, solar return with Venus Station, uh, (laughs) uh, I'll let you guys know how it turns out. So, yeah, but I think there's that, um, yeah, it's a sense of, you know, she's now moving direct and chasing that north node. So she's hungry for something. She wants something. She's... um, you know, and she's going to get it, you know, that, you know, Venus in the morning star phase. So I do think that there is sort of like a, you know, come at me kind of vibe there with Venus with her shield and sword and, you know, warrior princessing around town. Love she's it. More the, she's more the huntress <laughs> rather the huntress. than the lying back and letting it all come to her. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and yeah. speaking of hunting, um, we have a couple of days later after Venus goes direct, We will have Mars Mm -hmm. making a very important sign change moving out of Pisces where he's been for six weeks since the middle of May and moving into Aries. Uh, This is Saturday, June 27th if you're in Canada and the States and that'll be Sunday, June 28th if you're in Australia. 
And Mars is going to be in Aries until early January of 2021. So we have six months <laughs> of this. We're going to be talking about Mars and Aries for a while. <laughs> Anything you want to know about, we're all getting a masterclass in Mars in Aries and assertiveness principles, but managing aggression and figuring out, I don't know, there's something about that I want principle of getting clearer on what you do and don't want, and then trying to figure out whether you've got the language or the communication skills to actually express it. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of hit and miss or a little bit of trial and error here, I think. Um, But the first little part of Mars and Aries is kind of productive in terms of powering forward or making some decisions or activating um, but what are your thoughts on each of this? You got, are you guys looking forward to Mars in Aries? Are you looking forward to parts of it? I know we're all going to be a little cautious about the September vibe of Mars, but just in terms of this period, what are you guys thinking? Um, well, as the resident Aries, um, I am looking forward to the beginning phase of it. You know, I do love Mars in Aries. Um, there's just so, it's so enthusiastic and excitable and there is that, like you were saying, Kel, that forward focus. Right. And I think there's a just an um, irrepressibility about it. Like I'm going to keep going no matter what. You know, I can push past this, guess past this, and this almost innocent naivety um, that I can do this. I, I want to be able to do it. But I think that, you know, come the end of July, as his speed starts to really drop below average and then coming into August and September, it's not going to be so nice. So the idea of this is enjoy the next, you know, couple of months of this, Um, take it while you can. I think there'll be some, you know, trickiness even. Yeah, um, especially with, and we'll be talking about this later and maybe we can introduce it now, you know, with Saturn coming back into Capricorn as Mm -hmm. well, it's like, bang, you know, back in the cardinal angles again, back in those cardinal parts of the chart, everything's been immutable for the last couple of months. And it's like, okay, you know, those cardinal parts of our charts are being woken up again this week. So there is this freshness, this newness about this. Um, but, you know, I think we, we've got to be ready to understand both sides of Mars in Aries and it's, it's ir- irrepressible, but it's impulsive and it's rash. You know, it's excitable, but it's impatient too. And, you know, I've just, just ordered a book that's a Arrived. I read it years ago called The Dance of Anger um, by Harriet Lerner. Brene, Brene Brown was talking about it on her podcast the other day and I was like, great thing to learn about while Mars is in anger, you know, how to deal with anger and how to work with it because it's a totally normal human emotion but it's the reaction or the response of, that we give to it or we allow it to have out in our lives. So, um, yeah, that's... I could talk about Mars in Aries forever. I know, um, it's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> Cass, what, what are your thoughts on? Um, yeah, there's always a few stories I think about, like when I think about Mars and Aries and the energy of Aries, you know. So when it comes to things like, you know, the whole Mars principle, you know, just, just do it, you know, the whole Nike thing, you know, we haven't really just been doing it for the last six weeks when it's in Pisces. And, you know, I've said this on a podcast before, it's the astro rehab, you know, Mars is drying out, it's getting some clarity, some direction, there's a beautiful kind of decide and do quality. Of course, that impulsiveness and that irrepressibility, it can be a little bit uh, indiscriminate about that direction, because everything is, it's exciting and I think you've used the analogy before of Tigger it's like everything's just so exciting and there's that sense of like whipping like that whipping of of energy that 
you know, inspires and can kind of motivate in that fire. And it's like, oh, if she's doing it, then I'm doing it. Or if he's doing it, then I want to do it too. And so, you know. I'll have what she's having. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, that's probably so much more eloquent saying it. Yeah, exactly. And so there is that kind of and energy about it. And that's kind of like what I... I love about the energy of Aries. They don't have to think about it. They just like that instinct, that impulse from idea to action is almost like continuous. And so if there is an area of life that you feel like you've been a bit lagging on or wanting to inject a, you know, a fusion of energy into, like I say just go do it now. And the retrograde phase, of course, later is your opportunity to go, well, maybe I'm just going to back that thing right up and, and go in a different direction. But, you know, there is that freshness as an impulse impulsiveness um it's you know after you know a bit of a stuckness to the or you know like reflective feeling to the astrology it is going to be nice to have this influence um is it nice that we're going to have it for so long (laughs) well let's talk about that later but for now I think it's definitely going to feel it's going to feel fresh it's going to feel exciting it's going to feel invigorating um and I'm you know really looking forward to it so how about you Kel yeah, very similar, I think, that idea of there's a, an initial, certainly a few days, and maybe I think we get a couple of weeks where there's that um, invigorating quality. Mm. And the contrast of Mars in Aries to Mars in Pisces is quite stark. You know, Pisces is a cold sign, Aries is a hot sign. So the introduction of heat is stimulating. Now, is it just stimulating enough to get you moving, say, in a new workout routine? Or is it so stimulating that you become, you know, aggressively outspoken or unnecessarily, you know, volatile, for instance? So I think knowing our own personalities, you know, you have to think about, do I benefit from having a little bit of heat Mm. come in? Or am I someone who runs hot and has that short temper or quick, you know, reaction kind of quality? And and do I have to be careful when more heat comes in? Um, For me personally, I usually benefit from a bit of heat, but that's because I have a lot of water in my chart. Um, But there are other people around me who are more hot. So, you know, a little bit more heat is like, oh my God, you just got to, you know, I think one of the great remedies, if I can say that for an excess of heat is physical movement and physical activity. So if people do notice, like this is happening in the middle of the two week time frame we're looking at, Mars is just becoming like a restless, um, you know, I always think of like a, a highly kind of restless, active teenage male. When I think about this Mars and energy, Mars and Aries energy, I think about my brothers when they were 15 and 16 and they just needed to be out and they needed to be physical and if they weren't going to kick a footy, they were going to do something that would get into potentially destructive territory. Mm. So it's that idea of capturing that raw energy, but applying it to a specific task or challenge so that Mm. it doesn't become more disruptive or volatile. And Leisha, I know you kind of alluded to this. You know, one of the other things happening in this two-week period is that Saturn comes into Capricorn and, and we're in a little bit of that rub and that sort of tension, but we do still need to find outlets for the fuel that Mars in Aries is going to stimulate, I think. And um, yep. we've got a long time to figure that out, but physical activity is always going to be a great starting point, I think. Yeah, really good point, Kel. And I think as well, you know, there's a real pioneering energy with Aries too. So if there's something that you really need to what pioneer or explore or adventure in, Aries always makes me think of, you know, Christopher Columbus or 
you know, Burke and Wills, you know, who were off going into brand new territory no one had ever been in before. So it can be that, you know, capturing that energy as well can be um, a way to tap, you know, to help alleviate that Mars energy. I mean, you know, what you're saying reminds me of when Jupiter was in Sag last year. There was so much fire um, and this will be the same. You know, there's Mm -hmm. so much heat. um, So, yeah, it can be potentially too volatile and, and, you know, Mars brings fevers. So Mm -hmm. there is that feverish quality to this too. Yes, yes. So there's a lot about Mars. Anyone else have any more thoughts on Mars before we move to one of our next aspects for this week? No. Nope. We could just no. talk okay, cool. about we we, we had it all about <laughs> heat. I think, okay. I think we're going to be overdoing Mars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be yes. so much to say, so let's not give it all away. <laughs> and also Mars, Mars in Aries is short and sharp. Done. Let's go. On to the next thing. Yeah, right. Okay, so what's happening next? Bam, bam. Jupiter conjunct Pluto, June you, 30, um, 24 degrees Capricorn, second of three Jupiter-Pluto conjunctions, which is happening throughout the year. The first one was back in April. The last one, I think, off the top of my head is November. So yeah. go. What do, you, what do you both think about this? Oh, well, oh. there's definitely going to be some uh, reflections of that April, you know, things um, – and I think of like the hidden opportunity and, you know, since the first conjunction in April, like how many businesses have found hidden opportunities? They've pivoted, they've transformed, they've, you know, seized an opportunity rather than, than, than die. You know, that whole idea of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Of course, then the opposite is true, you know, that some businesses and, you know, haven't been able to survive and, you know, it's been, you know, devastating for, you know, a whole lot of people. Um, so what we might sort of see is a little bit more of that, you know, and so for the combination of something really big being made really small or something really small made really big. And so, um, you know, some of the, the, you know, the transformations, I guess, and, you know, the ability to kind of really shift and change with Pluto has just been really immense. And so perhaps there's another level here of, uh, of change and, you know, using the word transformation a little bit too much, try and think of other words with Pluto, but it's just so hard to avoid it because it's, it's either, you know, the whole idea of, um, you know, progress or die. What do they say? Um, you know, it's evolve. Yeah, exactly. And I think like, you know, the Jupiter Pluto piece has put, put that really up in front in, in, in our faces at so many varying levels with so many different, you know, individual situations as well. So it's really kind of, uh, yeah, that (laughs) so many things. Um, and you know, the fact that this is kind of like another, you know, another level. And, you know, we are recording this episode a little bit ahead of time. And so, you know, the goalposts may shift a fair amount with, um, you know, you know, different restrictions and lockdowns and various things like that. So um, I sort of can't help think that, you know, there may be some, you know, government pushes or uh, power grabs or, you know, covert, you know, data mining or whatever the sort of things that have been, you know, conspir- uh, conspiracy theories might start really kind of coming back up and out again. So, yeah, um, this is going to be uh, an interesting one. I think this happens at 24 Capricorn. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, of yes. course, planets and angles there are definitely going to be felt. Um, what do you two both think about this? Um, yeah, it's interesting because it's happening at exactly the same degree as that degree. one back in April. Mm. But yes. both the planets are retrograde. So my feeling with this is we're ter- we're really pulling what's hidden out and having to search within. I always think... Um, when I used to live in Byron Bay, we used to go up to the lighthouse to walk and there's this steep sheer, well, not sheer cliff, but there's this quite steep slope that goes straight down into the ocean. It's got grass on it. And there's goats that literally live on the side of this thing happily. And it's just this feeling of they can survive anywhere. There's this tenacity and this powerful urge towards survival that really comes up with this combination. So it's almost like, what do you need to do to survive right now? What's realistic and what can you let go of? And, you know, I think I was saying that pivotal perish to a friend lately and they were like, that's kind of harsh. And I'm like, well, that's the energy for many people right yeah. now. Some people are cushioned from that, some are not. And especially depending on which part of the world you live right now, you know, survival is actually really strong. Um, you know, there are people quite literally in um starving. So it's that idea of, okay, what do we need to do to survive through this? And what inner resources, what inner uh, resilience can we draw on? What strengths have we met before that we can draw on now? Um, Mm. Yeah. To to help us continue forward. So the power battles you were talking about, Cass, I really feel that. I mean, we, in our pre-show chat, we were talking about how the federal government here in Australia is trying to force states state governments to do something before they want to. And I know this is not just the only country, this is happening in other countries around the world. So it's almost like, well, who's in charge? Who's going to win? And the old structures that we used to have are all falling apart. Um, So what new structures are going to be built up? And it's almost like, who's going to grab that power and what are they going to do with it? So I think we'll see some interesting, I don't know how much we'll actually see. I feel like with both of those planets retrograde, there'll be quite a bit under the surface surface that will filter Mm. out over coming months and definitely in November. So what about you, Cal? Yeah, I think you're both making wonderful points. And this is such a big aspect, isn't it? It's like a signature for 2020. Mm. And I'm really struck by how it's describing these very polarized, extreme experiences, that there are some people in the last six months who were already wealthy and have had extreme growth around their wealth and their assets. And there were other people that were struggling that are now even in more dire straits, if that was even possible. And so it's it's this divide. I think there's something about Jupiter and Pluto together that highlights extreme big and extreme small. Mm -hmm. And whether we see that in wealth disparity or around like micro tiny things and then extremely large things out in space, we're seeing this real juxtaposition between contrasts where it's extreme. Um, So I think that's something to play around with collectively. And the first Jupiter-Pluto, which was um, early April, was right around the time a lot of the governments were either announcing or starting to pay a number of the bailouts and support payments, relief payments for people who were really suffering and struggling and had lost, you know, financial security as a result of the pandemic. And I'm interested to see if we're going to get more of that. Um, Our friend and colleague Austin Kopik has, has made the point that 
end of June is the end of the quarter and there's going to be a lot of reporting that's going on and, you know, the end of March, which was end of first quarter for this year, you know, business and finance, the pandemic, the the financial impact of that hadn't really hit by Mm. then, but this is going to be the first quarter in the financial reporting business world where the entire quarter um, in terms of incomes and earnings was Mm. affected. And I think it's going to be really interesting because my personal take on one of these larger themes we're dealing with this year, I don't think we've seen the full economic impact of what this means yet. (laughs) Um, And I think maybe this is when we start to get a taste of of more of the the issues with companies downsizing or I know in Australia Target just recently was like, okay, now we're shutting a bunch of stores and Mm -hmm. we're, you know, people are being laid off. And I think we just have not seen the fullness of that yet. So I think collectively there's more economically to unfold and and unfortunately I think this Jupiter-Pluto cycle is part of that. Um, Personally, I think about what Jupiter and Pluto is doing in our individual charts and if you have planets around 24 Capricorn or any of the cardinal signs or if you just know what house that is in your chart and how that story has been unfolding, not just back in April when Jupiter was on Pluto the first time, but maybe even going back so far as to December of 2019 when Jupiter actually entered Capricorn. Um, so there's there's a lot that 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 aspect might have, I don't know, maybe it deserves its whole show or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. And look, we did, and that might be worthwhile for listeners to go back to. Oh yeah, we're supposed to say things like that, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The media machine. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to previous episodes, but I think you know, even the Saturn Pluto that yes. happened in mid in mid January because that happened around the same area too, and this is almost like this is a kind of continuation of of everything that happened there. So. I will add some links to our old shows into this. So if you watch the end, <laughs> nice. you'll see them. Yeah. So just one point. Cap, yeah. Just yeah. one point I did want to bring up, and you know, now that you sort of reminded me of, because um, I think it, it, I might have mentioned that, you know, the government sort of announced that we're going to, you know, they're going to be giving out all of these uh, bailouts to various people. Um, and but then, you know, what I'm starting to see filter through the media now is the bailouts that kind of never got really reported. And so one example was that Rupert Murdoch bought a whole bunch of the um, regional newspapers here in this country, so uh, in the country areas and things like that. So he bought them all up um, but still got, I don't know, it was a $50 million government hand, like a bailout. So we're now starting to see like some, you know, the retrograde planets, uh, as you mentioned, Leash, we're starting to see the stuff that was, Done while we were, yeah, while we were distracted or while we were kind of, you know, going, yay, we're, you know, getting a little bonus, you know, some kind of bit of sweetness. Um, and now we're starting to see all those backdoor deals and how those extreme, as you said, Kel, the extreme wealth and sort of the abuse of power as well. So um, I think what will probably happen, not only in Australia, of course, but in other places, we will see how that division of wealth um, that, mm. you, you know, will um not be able to be hidden quite so much as what they probably uh, hoped for at the beginning of all of this. That's a beautiful point, Cass, about how, and because tying in what you were saying, Leisha, about it being retrograde, it's like now we're finding out what actually went on in April and late Mm, March. Um, That's a beautiful point for both of you. Since then, I think it's, you know, because I was hearing about laws that have just been passed in the UK about, 
what will happen to people's finances if they were involved, if they died from COVID or if they're involved in oh. COVID, you know, how the family deals with the bodies. Same in India. Um, wow. You know, there's, there's a lot around death as well. Like, you know, people yeah. in India are not claiming bodies because they don't want to catch it. So the hospitals oh. are piling up with them. Um, yeah, we're really going to Pluto territory now. It's but very also, Pluto. But it's Pluto yeah. in the sign of, Ca- of Capricorn, which is ruled by Saturn, exactly. which is like the god of death in, in mm. some iterations, the the Skyth, you know, the time is up type of thing. Which kind of segues us into the next part of what we're talking yes, about because is, who I goes back I... into Capricorn a couple <laughs> yeah. of days later? Um, <laughs> that is just Joy. not the happiest uh, episode, is it? <laughs> and then the lunar eclipse in Capricorn. So it's kind of like, yep, that Neptune party's over. Capricorn. Yeah, we're back we're in back. the land of, of cold, hard reality. Yep, yep. The cold, harsh light of day is kind of shining on the, you know, <laughs> the coffee table full of the icy cold. And, like winter is coming I mean, back. <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, I'm like, what is the good thing about Saturn coming into Capricorn? It is the final iteration. That's so, it. So yes, Saturn's coming into Capricorn. I don't promise that it will be an easy six oh. months, but when Capri- when Saturn leaves Capricorn in December, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out, mate. <laughs> Sayonara. Um, <laughs> yes. Bye, Felicia. He's got a he's got a little bit more damage to do though. And the fact that we've got it's... Mars moving into Aries and Ca- Saturn moving back into Capricorn in the same week, pretty much, I think we're going to get a bit of insight into what September and October are going to look like too, as these two start to dance. It is hard to say how does this affect this week or two period, doesn't it? Yeah. Because really this pattern of Mars into Aries and Saturn into Capricorn is setting up the next six months. It's Everything. the whole back end of the year. And if you like, if there are some elements that you're enjoying about this, you know, as we get into July and you're getting settling into it, great, have at it. But, you know, anything that you find unduly restrictive or limiting or that idea of bumping up against a brick wall, unfortunately, that has an extended or drawn out. Yeah. 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 It's like Saturn's coming in the back door, Mars is coming in the front door, and we've just got to wait for the two of them to meet. Yeah. At some point. Well, it's yeah, like the red we wedding of Game of Thrones. I think that's what happened then. Okay. And anyway, that wasn't pretty. <laughs> Not a good girl. <laughs> so, so Saturn in Cap, let's, let's do a quick recap of, of what Saturn in Capricorn is. He's realistic. He's about being practical. He's definitely cautious. He's about preservation and protection. So unfortunately, because um, I hate to say this because I, I know it's not fun, but this feels like a bit of fear or a bit of worry yeah. returning. Like Saturn, come, Saturn in Aquarius is like, let's look forward and let's see what we can do differently. Mm. But Saturn in Capricorn is like, ah, shit, we've still got these things we haven't fixed. Oh, my God, are we ever going to get them fixed? And so there's a little bit more worry and concern and, and a bit of fear, I think, that might emerge. What, what else yeah, there's a thinking? sense yeah, like. Often... So you go, Lishi? Oh, no, just in psychology, they talk about the monkey mind and, you know, anxiety comes from projecting into the future and worrying about what's coming mm. ahead, you know, but but fear comes from looking to the past and, and trying to bring that forward into, into the present. So it's like right now we're kind of looking back to the past and bringing those old fears to bear. Um, and, you know, because it has been, it's been in this sign for what, two and a half years and it's kind of back in there again, giving us a last boot up the ass. And, you know, there is the tenacity of this and there is the patience of this and the persistence of this, but mm. it's not fun to do any of those things. I mean, you need all of those things Enduring when you're in hard times. Enduring things is not fun usually, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's I 
it's like building, I don't know, it's, I always think about the growing pains because, you know, satin rules the bones. And so when yes. you're building bones as a kid, you get those growing pains. And that's what this kind of feels like is those, as we move more into a time of maturity. Um, yeah. I keep thinking of the Hunger Games, but I won't go there because that's a whole thing. I'm, I'll save that it's for a, a September thing. episode. <laughs> Cass, what were you going to say? Yeah, with Saturn coming back into Capricorn, I get this idea like when we had the first, you know, two and a bit years of it and it was like, okay, we worked really hard, we wrote our thesis, Saturn into Cap, you know, we submitted it, um, you know, and we got some great feedback, some great, um, you know, report cards, so to speak, and all looks good to, you know, get your doctorate, to get your PhD. Then you get that one cranky professor that just goes, oh, but hang on a minute. You know, that is that set. And just when you thought you were kind of home and hosed, it's, ah, this old chestnut. And then it's like having to perhaps... We don't have to cover much ground. I think Saturn only moves a couple of degrees, but it's almost like, you know, a few T's to cross, I like four, four degrees, yeah. a few dots to eyes to dot, just to satisfy just one little criteria or one little thing. Um, you know, it's, and I can't sort of help but think, you know, the eclipse is coming back into Cancer Capricorn as well. It's mm. just kind of like triggering this, this a little bit more or making um, the Saturn's return back into Capricorn perhaps a little bit more potent or influential than what it would be just in of itself if, if it was just retrograding sans eclipses. Um, That's a good point, Cass, because we do have that lunar eclipse. Then you know the, the next full moon is that lunar full moon in Capricorn, up which is a lunar eclipse on Sunday. On Sunday, July fifth. Yep. <laughs> it's two forty four p.m. here in Australia, so I think it's Sunday for most people. It might be Saturday evening Pacific. Yes, Saturday evening Pacific. Yeah. So it's almost a bit like a return to dare I say it. Uh, February and March when we had quite the collection of planets in Capricorn. It's not exactly mm, that, but it has yeah. echoes of that, doesn't it? Mm. We now have Jupiter and Saturn back in the same sign. So, so can we just like <laughs> pretend it's not going to happen and keep talking about something else? <laughs> no, well, so we haven't talked about the eclipse yet. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I mean, don't this really... is the absolute. Sorry, go, Cass. No, no, you go. Ca- I, I was going to say it's the absolute <laughs> last Cancer Capricorn eclipse. So mm. we had the that's big, one good thing about it. <laughs> that's definitely a good thing. The nodes aren't here right now, which is, yep. you know, small blessings, small things to be grateful for, I guess. Um, but we do still have an eclipse, and there is going to be emotional upheaval, release, outcomings. It's the end of the eclipse season. I mean, this is a really long eclipse season. This is a month long. Well, I think eclipse season lasts for the same amount of time, but we don't always get three eclipses. No. In it. Yeah, some, exactly. We, usually we just get two, but there are some times we get these three where we have an eclipse that starts at the very start of eclipse season. Then we have a really intense, almost total one in the middle and then another mm. little one at the edge. So it is, it's a big six-week kind of timeline. And uh, that's a really good point, Leash. That's definitely something to look forward to, coming out of eclipse season. (laughs) And, yeah, it's a a full moon. Again, no full moon rituals, you know. Oh, yeah, more more salt baths. More salt baths and mantras. 
And it's a south node eclipse. So it is, you know, this this is actually thinking back to the eclipse on Boxing Day and Christmas Day. You know, what was going on then for you? Because that was a south node solar eclipse. So this is a Us south too. node lunar eclipse in Capricorn too. So, mm. you know, do your purges, do your salt baths, do your cleaning. Um, you know, if you didn't clean for the solar eclipse, it's definitely clean for this one. This is a last kind of Marie Kondo, push it all out. Um I know I'm probably moving house around about this time, so I know I'll be for sure doing the purge. Um, Nothing like a good house move to prompt a purge, honestly. Yep. We used to move house every year. I don't know how, and now it's been. Oh, when we were younger, like in our twenties. Oh no! Like no. this is the longest You've we've done been it. in yeah. a house. Oh, you and your you and your husband. Okay. Yeah. 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 So um. Oh, the accumulated stuff. We've got five years of stuff to. Five years already! Through. Wow. Almost, yeah. It would be, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um, not looking forward to that, but I am looking forward to that. I'm actually really looking forward to the just letting go of what no, what we don't need anymore. Like we don't have babies anymore. We don't have a lot of that stuff. So we can move into a new phase, a new phase of maturity as a family. But, yeah. It's a good analogy, Leash, actually. Nobody enjoys the process of moving house, but everybody likes to be in the new house once it's done. And I think mm. after this eclipse, there's that feeling of maybe we didn't enjoy the process, but it's got you somewhere that can be a good place to have ended up. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Cass, you, you, do you want to share thoughts? I feel like yeah. the Gemini is like ready to I know, I'm always give moving. I feel, I feel like I'm always like fiddling and fidgeting and you guys are just so still and concentrating. Oh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think that. <laughs> I <like>. definitely. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just keep checking my phone just to make sure that my internet connection stays connected to you girls. So if I just disappear off the interwebs, you know why. Um, yeah, I think like you know it's very hard sometimes to enjoy process because we are very mm. much an outcome. You know, everybody wants the. I think what is it, Dolly Parton, the typical Capricorn? Um, what you can't have the rainbows without some rain, and I think this as you said, this six-week period is going to kind of remind us of that. I guess one other point I really wanted to bring up is that I did something, was it yesterday or today, and um, I looked up the Saros series of this eclipse. Oh, and I don't know it. if either yeah. of you girls have read this, but, yeah, it uh, doesn't look like it's going to be a joyful one. I think I stopped reading them one. a year or two ago when they just were devastating. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. You know, and I don't often refer to the Sarah series, so I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, just to get another layer there. And, um, you know, if you wish, I can read it to you. Um, but Do you I want don't to know paraphrase? How... Will that be um, it was just kinder? Basic... Yeah. <laughs> it was just... I know this book Which very Which Sarah well. series is it, Cal- uh, Cass? Uh, for North, I believe. Okay. So it was I'm basically uh, talking about restriction, um, restraint, separation um, is a, a trademark of this a family. And so it said that events can occur that can like uh, block the individual from memory um, and that you can sort of perhaps misjudge your strength um, mm. in the situation. So and she, she basically said, you know, it's just a really difficult Saros series. So I was like, Joy. So, yeah. so for those, those wondering who she is, we're talking about oh, Bernadette sorry, Brady, Bernadette Bernadette Brady. Bernadette Brady. In the amazing yeah. predictive astrology, yes. The Eagle and the Lark. Honestly, so. that is like one of the unsung classic books on Agreed. predictive astrology. Mm. That yeah, she's Australian. I'm, yeah, That's I mean, I'm, so we all encountered her just by like immediate access, not yeah. that we knew her personally. She was from a different part of Australia than we were all from. But, yeah, it's not, that book is 
Um, and it's the only book that I know of that has that Saros series um, yeah. Eclipse Info in it. Yeah, we just uh, refer to she like the old friend from yes. the conference place. Bernadette <laughs> Aussie conferences. So, yeah, I She's mean. Brilliant. like Yeah, and I guess. And the like, other thing. Oh, sorry. sorry. Guys, keep going. I guess this is just sort of like a reminder to tread gently with these eclipses. Um you know, there are times, I think, to push the cosmic envelope and maybe this is a time to, you know, just tread just tread carefully with them. Yeah. Go gently, yeah. as my aunt would mm. say. And remember that I just was thinking that Mercury is retrograde right opposite all of this stuff in Cancer yeah. too. So yeah. it's like you can't actually really speak about what's going on. It's, it's all in the feeling land too, where, where the sun is, so... A little bit of the meat grinder, not quite. Just a Maybe touch. A, yeah. yeah. Reflections. Yes. Reflections. Pressure. Pressure. Or maybe we could reminisce yeah. on how bad it's not in comparison to the meat grinder maybe or maybe some things to revisit. Just, yeah. you know, tying up the loose ends a little bit or, you know, that cranky old man saying you have not done this part of your thesis yet or whatever the thing is. Yeah, I think that Saturn vibe of like, you know, Saturn can exclude or reject or, or put the barriers. Mm. And I think we could try to work with that consciously around what, what would be good for me to exclude from my life, not from a place of like keeping someone outside, but more from like, it would be good for me to exclude some chocolate from my life because I <laughs> consume too much, too much. So it's that idea of clarifying limits around this idea of restraint and restriction. And look, it might just be that you're trying to get into a program and you find yourself excluded for some reason and that that's not going to feel great. But if we work with that quality of, of exclusion or rejection, like I reject watching TV for four hours a day or something like that, there yeah. are ways that we can bring almost a stoic thing of like mm. what, um, what, uh, limits or difficulties or, or duties do I want to embrace because I know they actually serve me rather what, than what do I yeah Sorry, so, yeah like rather than you know just feeling like someone is giving me all these limits like how could I be in that energy myself yeah what do I say no to so I can say yes to something else yeah yeah mm. Yeah. And I also think there's a maturity about this as well. If we look back to the meat grinder 12 months ago and what we had to go through at that time and the strength that that's created in us and, you know, dealing with pain and loss and grief at that time may have helped us face what we're doing right now. It doesn't feel like brand new territory like it did back then. So it's like, okay, I've been here. I've done this. I've just got to pull on those. I just you know, didn't buy the T-shirt yet. <laughs> there's that too so I yeah. think that's we're coming to the end aren't we yeah it's, no it is totally I was gonna better. ask you gals what you've got coming up in this very pivotal eclipsey uh period that we're in any offerings to share Cass just the eclipse oh, not the eclipse webinar the retrograde planets June yep. 25 Really Excellent. looking forward to doing that. So exploring all the retrograde things, all the details are on the website, CassandraTindall.com. Cool. Leash. I'm going to be holding a webinar on the outer planets. I don't know quite when because with schools going back and daycares going back, days are being shifted around, but it will be in that um, first week of July at some stage. So yeah, just keep a link. And so that'll be on the outer planets and outer planet transits um, and how they can affect you. 
fantastic. So I'll be into the second week of my four-part training on the aspects. Uh, so if you did miss last week, you can catch up if anybody wants to get better at chart interpretation skills. And that is part of my Become an Astrologer program. As always, I'll be prepping for my July uh, monthly astrology guide subscription. So if anybody does want more detail on each of the aspects happening each month, I do have a membership option available through my website. And Cass, you have a membership option as well. Do you want to give a shout out to that? Uh, yes, it's called the Golden Circle. And of course, all the details are there on the website. Okay, so that's CassandraTindall.com uh, for Cass, AliciaYusuf.com for Alicia's info, and Kelly'sAstrology.com for mine. And we want to thank you all so much for listening. We love watching your comments and interacting with you all. So do feel free to uh, let us know what you thought of the episode or any questions you have below. Uh, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening to us. That definitely helps uh, other people find our work. And I guess we'll be back next week. Good luck. Bye for now. Take care, everyone. The force be with you. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Bye.